fun, friendos. Is it now? Yeah, I'm excited. I don't believe that. So, I'm okay, excited. Wow. Wait, Josh we, is here. I'm yeah. back. We normally do a little bit of banter at the beginning of these episodes. Yes. So, hi, welcome back to I'll Tell You What, a spoopy podcast. That's probably Ooh. the weirdest you've ever said that. I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Miranda. I'm Evan Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, thank you for joining us today, Evan. Um, it's nah, great to be today, here. <laughs> today we have um, a special guest, Josh. He uh, actually just did his own you know, personal episode. And you'll be able to listen to his episode on Thursday. What a but treat. Tonight, yeah. uh, tonight he is actually going to be sitting in with us on both of our episodes. Oh, Miranda's trying to force this. <laughs> trying to force it. She really is. But yeah. she, he's help at least me. here for Ashlyn's so, episode today. Me. So, Josh, how has your week been going? Well, I, is there a finish to that sentence? No, <laughs> that was the end of that well, thought. So it's uh, well. Any any fun projects you've been working on? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, Miranda. Um, today we actually went downtown and we walked around the um. The city market mm-hmm. and again i got compliments <laughs> yes third, third this was mentioned in, the, in my last episode i know we did it again all we do this time it was on a this time it was on Jealous. a saturday we normally go on sunday so it's way busier it was way busier today <laughs> i distinctly went for compliments on my outfit and uh, I, I'm, I am envious before. of your outfit her outfit today for those of you who don't know is very very spoopy you can check out my instagram if you want to see my really cute outfit josh kept saying though every time somebody complimented me before they were out of earshot he kept saying strike one <laughs> like like if i got to three strike compliments three. we were gonna go home or something <laughs> they always they were like walking past us after you know because people would compliment me in passing and then before they were out of earshot he goes strike one and they'd always like turn i see out of the corner of my eye them turn around and go like like what? is this a safe is and this a healthy no, one woman one I woman one she complimented my outfit she's like you're so cute and i was like thanks and, said, and he thanks. goes straight one and she goes uh, no, I said, no i said i said thank you and she said oh you're cute too i am beautiful today i'm wearing a plain black t-shirt <laughs> well it sounds like it's you two have been up to quite the shenanigans lately oh yes so many yes shenanigans Again. Um, our brother also bought a life-size uh, skeleton for our yeah. deck, and it's lost a hand. Yeah, so give it's really hand. up in the spook factor <laughs> here. So I should give him a hand. <laughs> We're so funny. We're Just so please, funny. Sound, please say that a little more dead inside, please. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> anyway, so I've actually got a really cool topic for us today. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. So, Miranda, Josh, I'll tell you what. What? What is it? I'll tell you about how the Russians are promoting anti-vax conspiracies to weaken the health of Americans. Jesus Christ. That sounds <laughs> par for the course for them. I know, right? I'm scared, okay? You should be. Russia's yep. terrifying. So, I'm going to break this down a little bit so that our listeners are not so confused. I'm going to go into the history of the anti-vax conspiracy. And then I'll go into the whole Wakefield thing. A.K.A. the autism conspiracy. I think I've heard of Wakefield. Isn't that a horror movie with, like, Godzilla? His entire oh, life. that's Cloverfield. N- yeah, no, Wakefield <laughs> is, is himself a horror show, so I get it. Oh. Um, and then <laughs> we'll go into uh, Russian influence after that and how it can affect America's health. Whoa. <laughs> what is 
We've I don't know what's happening. Josh. This is horrifying. People don't need to know how we talk to each other. <laughs> they didn't until now. <laughs> gave it away. I knew that would get him to oh, stop. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, in case you guys haven't realized, Miranda and Josh are dating, and so this is going to be difficult how for me. How dare you out us like that? Oh my that. goodness, Ashlyn, that was a secret. <laughs> it's not Only like the you... government knows. <laughs> Only the government. Praise be. <laughs> Glory be. All hail the glow cloud. Okay, so since the creation of vaccines in the early 1800s, people have been kind of concerned about the effect that they could have on health. So the first vaccine was for cowpox, and it was created by one Edward Jenner. And it involved taking a lymph, which is a colorless liquid containing white blood cells, from a cowpox blister and administering it. So basically, in order for this initial vaccine to work, a lymph would be taken from a blister that formed on a person who had been vaccinated a week before. I'm sorry, a lymph? Like your like lymph, lymph node? node? I, they I took just, it? I just but they, wait, they took I it? I just defined what a lymph is if you paid attention. I know, but they took it off of you? Now they walk it's with a lymph. Lymph? <laughs> lymph, friends, mm. is a colorless liquid containing white blood cells. Oh. Oh, never mind. Colorless and odorless. Listen to me when I speak. Your all I heard was the all I heard was like the, the verbal typo. I'm unappreciated in my time. Okay, so I thought they <clears throat> were taking lymph nodes off of people. No, they like, they just dangerous. take lymph. But Dude, lymph nodes <clears throat> hold lymph. Yeah, it's Ew. it's part it's part of the lymphatic system. That's disgusting. Lymphocytes. Well, I. The body is disgusting. <laughs> the human body. It is effectively gross. I'm sorry. I when mean, people yeah. are like, bodies are beautiful. <clears throat> How it works no, is beautiful. Not. No, they're not. No, it's not. They're disgusting. And you should be ashamed of You yours. should be ashamed of Every one of you. <laughs> Josh and, and I are what we call body you. negative. <laughs> we hate it all. Mm -hmm. We hate everything. Fabulous. You know, you know what? We hate it. That's us. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking of right now, hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate I was it. thinking of gummy bears. No, nope. hate, hate it. <laughs> Too chewy. Gross. Miranda, you I love gummy bears. Just like people. <laughs> gelatin. Gelatin comes from horse hooves. Horses? Bags are gross. <laughs> it's gross with hooves. No. I do love gummy bears. Third grade Ashlyn is crying right now. Okay. Now that whatever. we've hijacked your episode. Yeah. Continue. So anyway... So this lymph that they took off of uh -huh. this mm -hmm. the blister yeah. from the people who had been vaccinated. Gross. Disgusting. So basically when they were initially uh, vaccinated with the lymph from the mm -hmm. cowpox blister, uh, blister, a blister would form on their skin. Uh. And then about a week later, they would take the lymph from that and then use it to like vaccinate another person. That's disgusting. And that sounds super unsanitary. First, they would score the child's arm. No. And then... <laughs> No. Inject it like no. a piece of meat. So no, people opposed no. this for many reasons. Yep, <laughs> I understand why some people were against vaccines back then. <laughs> I mean, first of all, there was the sanitary and scientific issue. Because, yeah. Well, and the thing is, uh, this was largely experimental. Uh, uh, people weren't sure how diseases were, you know, transmitted back then. Well, yeah, it sounds like if you're scoring each other's arms and then giving to someone else after they've put it in your arm, that sounds like it's going to spread more disease than cure. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of people actually thought that smallpox was contracted via decaying matter in the atmosphere. Like dead bodies in the I atmosphere. I don't know, I think so. Is 
it, it reminds me it reminds me a little bit of like the humors and everything so so like uh they they didn't really understand how the body worked at all these experiments were happening in the uk oh i see so religion was also a factor as to why people didn't really trust it so the local clergy uh had declared the vaccine unchristian because it came from animals oh my but we come from animals we also eat animals. Uh, I thought it was weird that their entire reason was like, because it came from animals. Like, gross. I mean, we eat them, but it's fine. Of course, of course, politics also came into play. And it's basically the same thing as today, where it's, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do. That's how I live my life. I know. It's a problem. It really is a problem. You still Yeah. I don't like being told what to do. But I do know how my life has repercussions on other people's lives, and I will I do the best thing for that. See, I don't understand that, but I'm told it's a good thing to do. So I <laughs> but do it he anyway. will follow directions. So anyway, it's the whole "you can't tell us what to do" thing that got people riled up, and this is again in the early 19th century. E- even then, we were still obnoxious. This actually only worsened in the UK with the Vaccination Act of 1853, which required vaccines for infants up to three months old. Except were they still doing vaccines the same way? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it's been about 50 years since. So I hope they came up with started. a better system than yeah. slicing each other's arms. Open yeah, they definitely did. Um, vaccines weren't really great at that point either because they hadn't refined the system yet. And I'll, I'll actually get into that in a moment. Early vaccines had a lot more risks than vaccines do today. After that, there was also the Vaccination Act of 1867, which required vaccines up to 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So they went from three months to 14. And, That's a lot. and they basically told the, re- the people who uh, didn't want to do that... Uh, Forget you, like, deal with it. In the United States, vaccine requirements are mostly left up to state discretion. In Missouri, you have to get them all throughout schooling. Yeah, except there's still the issues of religious exemption and things like that. Or Mm. if you can't uh, get vaccines because because you're immunocompromised. Yes. People didn't like the whole uh, vaccination act business. So many anti-vax campaigns started up in the UK almost immediately. No. Towards the end of the 19th century, a smallpox outbreak in the U.S. led to more vaccine and anti-vax campaigns. That's horrifying. And in 1905, the first U.S. Supreme Court case concerning public health was decided. In 1902, Cambridge, Massachusetts set forth an order for all residents to be vaccinated after a smallpox outbreak. Mm. And one citizen, Henning Jacobson, refused, saying that the mandate violated his right to care for his body how he saw fit. Literally, that's the same argument they're still using today. Yeah, they should take that out of the but Constitution. The, but the city of Cambridge brought him up on criminal charges. After losing Dang. in local court, he brought his case to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Cambridge, Massachusetts, hey. setting forth the precedent that the state could enact compulsory laws to protect the public in the event of a communicable disease. Hey. Supreme hey. Court. They're so supreme. Where's the guac? Where's the sour cream? It's a taco, Miranda. <laughs> I stole that from Weird Al. I'm sorry. Aww. So uh, something that actually gave the anti-vaxxers uh, more of a leg to stand on was mm. actually... Religious freedoms. Uh, no. <laughs> some guy in an ambulance? Not, yeah, some guy in an ambulance. No, it was more some guy in a hospital. His name was Larry, and he said, Hey! He yelled out of the back of the ambulance, Hey! 
Give him a voice. Give him a leg to stand on. <laughs> he just oh, pulled a leg off of whoever he rescued and just threw it at him. Yeah, here's, here's <laughs> the leg. <laughs> so this leg to stand on. Uh, in 1974, a report from the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Sick Children in London alleged that 36 children suffered from neurological conditions after getting the DTP vaccines. DTP vaccines Oops. down to are party for down diphtheria. Of <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> DTP. <laughs> that just reminds me of the. Um, uh, DP at the R and R. Somebody said that, <laughs> texted me that once, and I said, "What? Excuse <laughs> me, is yeah. this a drug deal?" I know. I was so confused, and I was like, "What?" And I just didn't say. What anything. did it mean? And then months later, I asked. I was like, "Okay, I have to ask," because they were like, "Sorry, wrong person." I finally went, "Okay, what the heck does DP at the <laughs> R and I mean? <laughs> Dance party at the River Roll, which is a local skating rink." Uh, Oh, why? <laughs> All right. So uh, DTP actually stands for diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. Ah, what is pertussis? Pertussis is a whooping-like cough. My mm -hmm. sister had it and nearly died. Oh, which yeah. one? The biggest one. The biggest one. <laughs> He's protecting his he sister's identity. He refers to his sister as the biggest one, <laughs> the evil one. And the little one. And the little one. Guess who's who? <laughs> That is not how I refer to his sisters, by yes, the way. Yes, yes. I love them. So diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis. Yep. Yeah. So with this incident, we'll call incident. it, it actually caused a group called the Association of Parents of Vaccine-Damaged Children to pique the public interest. Ooh, what a great name. Pithy. <laughs> they have damaged goods. That's how I always feel whenever they talk about like vaccine damaged damage. Children. I'm like, look, I'm a damaged child, and I'm, I'm, I got a degree. Mm -hmm. Like, that's I'm emotionally oh damaged. God. Does that count? Oh, I, I just meant physically. Um, we're not even talking about my emotional damage. It's a personal problem. I have. Yeah, no, the, the whole vaccine damaged thing. I know it's it's kind of. I, I hate the way it, it sounds like you're calling your children damaged goods, and I really mm -hmm. don't like that. I may say it in reference to right. myself a lot, but like... Right. No, exactly. It's I'm it's something you have to decide goods. for yourself whether you're damaged or not. Yes. I'm damaged goods. I don't get to decide if Ashlyn is. What? <sighs> well, it should be noted that the DTP vaccine did, in fact, cause severe adverse reactions, but these reactions were like convulsions like at a ratio of about one in... 1,750 administered doses. Okay, so these people's children weren't damaged by the vaccine. Not necessarily. It's like so, a side effect. Yeah, so basically uh, they actually did a study into whether or not the DTP vaccine was causing the neurological illnesses. And it was ultimately found that the risk for the vaccine causing this would be incredibly low. They actually wound up studying every child in the UK between 2 and 36 months that was hospitalized for neurological illnesses. And it suggested that the cases were, for the most part, not related to the vaccine. That's good news. At the time that this was a big concern, you know, whether or not the DTP vaccine caused neurological illness and whatnot, uh, the pertussis vaccine was a whole cell vaccine. What does that mean? It basically means they use the entire cell of the viruses to be part of the vaccine. 
it basically means including it's the mitochondria. Viruses don't have mitochondria. The powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> you heathen. I teach biology oh, at a middle school gosh. level. I know what I'm you talking know about. You know what? <laughs> that no. was a funny joke. And you ruined it. I ruin everything. Oh, man. But so basically the whole cell vaccine is a bit more dangerous than the vaccines we have today. And the reactions to the DTP vaccine and the whole anti-vax movement that grew out of this whole incident uh, led to the development of an acellular pertussis vaccine. So the acellular vaccine only uses part of the cell instead of the full cell, meaning that it's less likely to cause a reaction. So the development yeah. of the acellular pertussis vaccine actually cut down on the severe reactions dramatically. Mm. So the vaccines mm. we have nowadays are even further developed than this and Ye. less likely to cause any uh, reaction whatsoever. Yee yee. I mean, it's it's not to say that you can't have an, a reaction, but... Well, yeah, because yeah. sometimes, sometimes they put vaccines in, like, egg, which is weird. They use, like, egg nucleus. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say those words again? I'm sorry, what? Egg. And the other one? Nucleus. And the first one again? No, go ahead. Sometimes. Okay, but the second time you said nucleus, you said nucleus. No, she said nucleus <laughs> both times. Can you, can, you, can you say egg for me again? Egg. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Egg. Egg nucleus. Can we, can we try, try this again? Egg <laughs> nucleus. Anywho, sometimes vaccines contain egg and people are allergic to it. Oops. So it made it so... Oh my God. So it made it so um, it, it affected... Uh, there was le less bad reactions. Yes, that is that is uh, what came out of all this, which was actually a very good idea. Yeah. Refining the cells. Really? Figuring yeah. out ways to make them safer. No. Well, I'm not entirely sure they would have actually tried to find a safer way as quickly as they mm. did. Unless you have a bunch of people going, you made my kids sick. Yeah. And so people actually tried suing uh, manufacturers of DTP. But because of the study uh, analyzing whether or not it would actually cause neurological illnesses uh, returned that chances were really low. None of them won. <sighs> yeah, we got we got legal stuff back here. And now we're getting to my favorite part. The Wakefield paper. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. The bane of every scientist's existence. I know, right? Really? The wait. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes, this okay, is the one. Non-scientific point of view. Ashlyn and Josh, who both have <laughs> backgrounds in biology and yeah, do you such. mind if I go off on a little tangent um, on this well, one? Well, uh, you, you'll have plenty of chances, From my worry. point of view at this point, no, I've never heard of this because I went to theater school. <laughs> oh, God. So the thing is, I've, I've mentioned this physics. before. <laughs> well, I've mentioned this before in the podcast that one of my uh, seminars in college was actually over the neurobiology of autism. And so for every class period, we had to read a scientific paper related to autism and then break it down in a way that was basically a summary. And then we had to go into what ways that the ev that the information in it could be expanded upon and what was wrong with the paper. And one of the papers we had to read was the Wakefield paper. So I just, yeah, I just had an epiphany of, I now I think I know what the Wakefield paper is about. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're getting there. I had no idea, circle, but then right? you mentioned that, and I went, oh, yeah, no, before you even about. mentioned the Wakefield paper the again. The funny went, thing oh. is, I've told her about the Wakefield paper like 15,000 times, times yeah. and she's like, every time she's like, what's that? <laughs> but basically, this thing is like... Attention span of a goldfish, okay? <laughs> this thing is the gold standard in scientific communities yes. on how not to conduct a scientific oh, yeah. study. So I'm going to go into uh, what the study actually was, the findings of it, why it's bad science to begin with, and then the uh, controversies afterward. So in 1988, the measles, mumps, and rubella MMR vaccine was introduced. I got that. Yes. And we all I, did. And we got all got that. Uh-oh. Yes, but not to the extent you otherwise would have. Oh, no. In 1998, British doctor Andrew Wakefield sought to explore the potential relationship between gastrointestinal disease, autism, and the MMR vaccine. Oh, God. So the study. The study was conducted with 12 children between the ages of 3 and 10, 11 of which were boys. And this served as the sample group for the study. 12 people. Only 12. 12 data points. 12 people. These kids had been referred to a pediatric gastroenterology unit after a loss of previously acquired skills, such as language, coincided with bouts of diarrhea and abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. It should be noted that gastrointestinal issues are unusually common in those with autism spectrum disorders, mm-hmm. which are ASDs for short. Um, a study in 2014 suggests that children with an ASD are about four times as likely to experience such issues than a child without an ASD. Uh-huh. According to the Wakefield study, the 12 children underwent extensive testing, including gastroenterological, neurological, and developmental assessments, as well as EEGs, MRIs, lumbar punctures, biopsy sampling, and more. Oh, my God. That's a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of poking and prodding. So the findings. The study stated that the onset of the behavioral symptoms coincided with the MMR vaccine. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and uh, the study found that nine of the participants had autism. There was mm. disintegrative psychosis in one. What? And there was a possible post-viral or vaccinal encephalitis in two of them. And one of them had had a poltergeist here. She was possessed. <laughs> so for Jeez. those of our listeners who don't know, encephalitis is inflammation of the brain. Basically, uh, the possible post-viral or vaccinal encephalitis is a fancy way of saying either they got a virus or the vaccine itself caused the oh brain to swell. That's ridiculous. I thought encephalitis was a character on Sesame Street. No, that's Nephilophagus. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't say anything for five minutes. So, the inter- so their interpretation, uh, and this was actually on the paper, yes. stated, We identified associated gastrointestinal disease and developmental regression in a group of previously normal children, which was generally associated in time with possible environmental triggers. The possible environmental triggers would be the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, <laughs> this is just bad science for a number of reasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, the sample size, for one, is too small mm. and doesn't have enough variety. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to get as much variety as you can. Yeah. Basically, the more data, the better. Yes. And the more diversity within the data set, the better. 12 is just ridiculous, and 11 of those are boys, so there's no diversity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like there's, yeah. there's a joke on, uh, you guys will not get this reference, but there's a joke on Gilmore Girls where someone is running for uh, town whatever, 
for a town position and Kirk comes in and he says, he goes, um, so I've done some polling and uh, so far you're a hundred percent, uh, in the lead. That poll only consists of me at this moment, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's the exact yeah, point. Statistics. Yeah. That, that actually illustrates this point exactly. entirely. Uh, you, you would not be able to apply any of this knowledge yeah. to a general populace. Mm -hmm. And number two, is one I bring up quite often. It's that correlation does not equal causation. Yep. Even if parents associated behavioral no changes. No taxation without representation. No. <laughs> Viva la resistance. Basically, uh, the fact that they're saying that the group of children was previously normal. You can't really say that when no. you're talking about correlation, not equal causation. Yeah. So even if the parents themselves associated behavioral changes after the vaccine. There's no saying whether or not those behavioral changes would have happened anyway as the well, child developed. Yeah, I mean, not that I, I you have way more of a child psychology background and all that than <laughs> I do. But from what I know is um, oftentimes autism doesn't start showing until they get a little older. Well, actually, no. A lot of times you can actually tell it in, in babies uh, oh, really? based on the way they react to touch. Well, but and the way they engage with their mom. But not everybody's going to necessarily notice Oh, absolutely that. not. No, I mean, we're still figuring out uh, what autism spectrum disorders really even are mm -hmm. and defining it and finding better ways for people to understand themselves understand. a bit more. But yeah, a lot of parents don't necessarily know because it is a spectrum. Uh, more than that, however, even if these changes would have not occurred naturally, there could be another underlying cause that would have affected this, not just the MMR vaccine. Mm -hmm. Rabies. And just researching and only asking about the vaccine is also bad science. Yeah. Because that means that you were searching. You wanted like, it to be the vaccine. Yeah, you, you, you had a confirmation bias. bias. Yeah. That is bias. A confirmation biased. bias. Yes. No, absolutely. And... You know, if you're only looking at it from that aspect, it becomes a lot easier to interpret the results in the way that you want. Yeah. As a general rule, do not trust any study that speaks in absolutes. You can say things like, you know, A is associated with an increase in B uh, or something like that. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. A. <laughs> but uh, you also have to always leave room for doubt and mm -hmm. further scientific study. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just being misleading and practicing bad science. Mm -hmm. Just like the Jedi. So, so oh do you God. have anything uh, before we get into what the whole rant on? Uh, redaction issue? Yeah, so Wakefield pretty much flies in the face of everything a good scientist does. Mm -hmm. We've already addressed the sample size was, pure, uh, was really poor. It wasn't very diverse. And there was a load of confirmation bias. So basically, they were looking for something that they wanted to find. This is just the antithesis of science. This is a bunch of monkeys saying stupid things. And it was bad. Eloquently put. <laughs> and everybody hates it. And it's the reason today that people will not vaccinate their children. They say, eh, vaccines oh, yeah. cause autism. It's because... Which is simply just not... It, there's no foundation. Well, hang on. No, we'll, get, we'll get into that. It as all well. stems from this initial study yes. all of that thinking this paper has been debunked it's been discredited and it has been redacted fully Ashton's it no longer that. exists yes. in the scientific community uh, it's used as an example yeah. to teach kids what not to do <laughs> exactly but 
it is no longer accepted as scientific well, literature. about to get into that. So let's well, actually, so when we uh, read this paper for my seminar and everything, yes. we, we had to read it with a giant void written across it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and we had to read through the entire paper. And I was mad when reading it because I'm like, why do I have to read this and uh, talk about it if it's mm-hmm. clearly it's a voided paper? It's very important, though. And so the next day, our class went over this article and tried to interpret why it would be voided. And none of us had done research into Wakefield. None of us had done, like, a background into that. So we were just tearing apart this article. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't say this. uh, This is a confirmation bias. This is too small of a sample size. And it made no sense when actually reading it. Clearly was trying to link gastrointestinal issues with uh, behavioral changes. But it didn't make sense to even be looking for that because they didn't really cover it in the abstract. So it was very odd. It's also a really short paper. Yeah. It's like if I wrote it. It's it's about two pages. It's a it's it's like I was stunned when I saw the size of it the first time because I I, the most scientific literature I'd looked at beforehand like thirteen fourteen pages. I know. Anytime I had to write a lab report was like ten plus pages, and then I get this thing which was. Uh, which is the cause for so much, like, uh, concern. Public outcry. Like, people know about this paper, and it's one and a half, two pages long. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously short. It's It doesn't say much. It, yeah, it doesn't say much, but what it does say is absolute garbage. It's just broad generalizations. So, this paper was published in The Lancet, which is a peer-reviewed medical journal, in 1998. You know, nowadays, people don't really <laughs> name their kids Lance anymore. But uh, back in the medieval days, they, oh. it was Lance a lot. Swing I hate you so much for that one. <laughs> that was awful. I hate it. I love it. But I use it all the time. <laughs> so great. I heard it on a TikTok. In oh. 2010, this paper was redacted. So why? It took school. that long? 12 years? I know. I... I so when we read this, it was 2012. Wow. When I read this, I thought that it was decades old and that it had been redacted for several decades. But no, apparently it was 2010. It was only two years prior that it was redacted. So why was it redacted? Because it was stupid. <laughs> well, the Lancet claimed that several elements of the paper were, in fact, and I quote, incorrect, contrary to the findings of an earlier investigation and... It was utterly clear, without any ambiguity at all, that the statements in the paper were utterly false. The really concerning thing is this, this is how the Trump administration treats science. Mm-hmm. They speak in these broad general terms. They perpetuate ideas like those found in the Wakefield study. And they also actively uh, try to reduce CDC guidelines when it comes to something like coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Because they have that power, they are actively trying to diminish, like, the role of science and the importance of getting all the facts and figures out there. They Mm -hmm. try to make it smaller. I say. And so you reach conclusions like this. I say, leave the science to the science people and just listen to them. I'd say, actually, learn how to read a science paper. Mm. Learn how to read first. Yeah, learn how to read. I know there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of jargon in it, but the thing is. Hi, I'm Miranda. I'm 25, and I never learned how to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, is I know there's a lot of jargon in it, and it's it gets really confusing. But if you actually learn how to read this and dissect, you know what actually happened in the studies, 
and start to think, okay, where could they have gone wrong? Like, what kind of factors did they not think of when conducting this experiment? You, one, find new avenues to explore yourself as a scientist, but also you get a further understanding of exactly the parameters in which they got this result, Mm -hmm. which is why you have to retest results all the time. Yeah. Now, do yourself a favor. Learn about the scientific method. Learn about the steps you need to take. It's like wash, rinse, and repeat. Yeah, it, I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more you experiment, the more you find out, the more data you have, the better. From a, from a non-scientific background, I want to say what's wrong with the paper. What okay. What's your guesses? Um, well, since you guys have repeated them to me several times now. Um, <laughs> what's wrong with the paper is they had too small of a... Uh, like a, a, a candidate pool kind of thing. Like <coughs> sample size. Samples. There you go. Sample. They had too small of a sample size. Thank you for whispering pool. that in my my. I combined the two. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, there. Too small. Um, they also weren't looking for anything outside of, of um, it causing. Uh, outside of the MMR outside, causing. Outs, outside of the MMR, so they weren't. Lo- they weren't bias. looking at any other impacting factors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not how things work. It's not like they were just in an isolation cell kind of thing and it's nothing not like else was at work. they sitting in a room eating saltines for years. No, maybe the saltines could have caused it, but they didn't account for that. Uh, and, <laughs> and beyond. They just didn't, they didn't go thoroughly through it enough. Partially. So the real reasons, though, why it was finally redacted was they found the sample of 12 children was actually carefully selected. They didn't just, uh, hmm. they, they picked and chose hmm. who, like, who they like, used. Hey, did your kid have like some kind of reaction after, like, or has something happened after you got this vaccine? Hey, can you, could you come hint, partially, hint. but also, nudge, uh, nudge. he could have been looking for symptoms of autism oh, in, yeah, like, in the selection. In, in people who didn't know their kids, like, because back when, you know, when was yeah. this, when was, when did it start? 1998. In 1998, when nobody was really looking for autism in their children, like autistic uh, well, symptoms or. Well, people started looking. symptoms, but behaviors. But yeah, they didn't know what, exactly what they were looking for. Um, honestly, people really haven't, uh, hadn't started, look. in my personal opinion, this is not scientific opinion, and I am. I, you know, loudly state that, unlike this paper, (laughs) people really haven't, uh, didn't start looking for for any kind of identifier of autistic behavior before the last 10 years. I'd I'd say about 20 years, but no, you're absolutely right, because a lot of things that anti-vaxxers actually uh, state when they're talking about the vaccines causing autism is Mm -hmm. the uptick in the number of people with an ASD. However... Because we're constantly learning more mm-hmm. about it, we're able to recognize it better. I mean, there were definitely autistic people back in the day. They were referred Always. to as changelings. Oh, usually. that's horrible. No, and, and it was this thought that, you know, a fairy came in and like stole or a goblin or something. Oh, like stole, way back in the day. Yeah, okay, no, I like thought you were talking like. Them away. I thought you were saying like the 1950s. Back they were called no, no, changelings. No. I was like, that's horrible. No, but. Uh, it, it used to be something in folklore where it was a changeling. Uh, and basically Still. the idea was that some sort of fairy or something would go in and steal the children, the normal baby and everything and oh replace it with a changeling because they didn't have they that. Con- well, yeah. because they didn't have that same connection that other people were oh, able to have. So like sad. socially. That's horrible. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's not great oh. at all, but that's, 
the idea behind like changelings and things like that is mm -hmm. really it was probably an autistic person. Yeah. So clearly they throw out history. So yes, he carefully selected his sample size, but also some of Wakefield's research was funded by lawyers representing parents who had lawsuits against vaccine manufacturers. Love that. <laughs> Love a good conflict of interest. My All about gosh. money. <laughs> Dollar dollar, y'all. Also, we talked about the tests they ran on the kids. And it was found that the tests run showed a callous disregard for the subjects. Oh, callous. Oh, of course. Which is absolutely true. Because why put kids through a lumbar puncture? That's sick. And also... Unless it's absolutely necessary, like mm -hmm. if they're dying. And that's the only like way why? to find out why. Jeez. And so the General Medical Council found that he had acted dishonestly and irresponsibly mm. so a few months after the paper was redacted wakefield lost his license oh. after ah. an investigation into his conduct oh my so gosh so these people and these people are oh yeah are using his redacted paper as like their bible oh, yeah. yeah are you kidding he was disgraced he got all buddy buddy with jenny mccarthy yeah some of his misconduct, for one, he conducted studies without the ethical approval of the hospital that he practiced at. Oh, which love is that. Not good. No. <laughs> that is sounds like an episode of Grey's Anatomy, can we be honest. Ethics. The scientific community in general they cares really about do. ethics. Oh, <laughs> wrong. Jeez. <laughs> but another particular episode of misconduct. Episode. Well, and this this is one that is uh, particularly appalling. He paid children at his son's birthday party for blood samples. Wait, what? His son had a birthday party. He and paid he paid the, the children, children the to take children? their blood. Yeah, to take Not their blood. Not like their parents even? Nope. Their kid. Yeah. Uh, that's super illegal. <laughs> it's England. You can that, do whatever you want. That's super illegal. <laughs> I have to. I don't know any of the laws in England. <laughs> and I can tell you right now. That is blood. illegal. Well, it should be noted Golly. also that even with all of this, Wakefield was not entirely against vaccines when he initially wrote the paper. Oh my God. He claimed that it was administering live vaccines for three diseases at once that would be linked to these gastrointestinal and de developmental difficulties. Uh, so, so according to him, if you just spread it out, if yeah, amongst a few months or something, a, a few years, oh, yes. a few years. Uh, if you spread it out one at a time, you know, by a few years, uh, you'd be just fine, according to him. <laughs> But yeah, no, now that he's uh, trying to appeal his whole losing the license thing, he's dug further into the whole vaccines cause autism and they're just, it's big pharma trying to silence me kind of. Oh my God. So he just went crazy. He he doubled down hard. Gross. I don't see him Some people just really hate soon. to be wrong, you know? But Josh, how, how do you feel about uh, Wakefield losing his license? I'm glad. Very, very glad. <laughs> no, so that's that's a whole brief history on the whole anti-vaccine conspiracy, mainly the vaccines causing autism conspiracy. So it's cray-cray bonkers. Well, film. and there's a lot of other issues that Noodle people head. take up when they talk about uh, vaccines and how they're bad, like the chemical content and things like that. But honestly, those issues are brought up a lot, and I haven't even gotten to my main point mm -hmm. because we haven't even talked about Russia. So if we want to delve further into the whole vaccine issues, that's more for another episode. That's not actually the conspiracy we're going for today. No, the conspiracy is about the Russians. So the Russians and social engineering. Mm. So social engineering is basically a planned attempt at managing social change in order to regulate future developments and behaviors of a society. 
Sounds scary. Go on. (laughs) Basically, they're trying to influence people to think or feel a certain way, but like secretly. Oh, so um, like in uh, Josie and the Pussycats, the yes, the hit movie, almost Uh, exactly like that. (laughs) Almost exactly. Mm. So it's in the music. So the whole Russians using social engineering was actually shown uh, in the 2016 election. There was mm-hmm. a large amount of Russian influence in the form of social media usage. In particular, they targeted more conservative voters with posts about immigration, gun rights, and race. They basically like inflamed these, being like, oh, these people are taking away our rights kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, they also attempted to suppress black voters by spreading misinformation about the voting process. Love that. <laughs> Not. Yeah. This this is a complete other conspiracy that I could cover, but it's the basic gist is yeah. that they tampered with the 2016 election. And that is confirmed. Yes. So in October of 2018, a study from George Washington University came out that analyzed anti-vax content being produced on social media in relation to bots and Russian trolls on Twitter. Ultimately, it found that the bots, Russian trolls, and content polluters, which are basically bots that hijack conversations to make it about something political... Mm-hmm. Definitely posted about the anti-vaccination movement more than average users. Hmm. But where the bots spread malware and anti-vax propaganda, the Russian trolls promoted a general discord amongst both sides. Basically, they just wanted people to talk about it more. It's creepy. They, they played both sides trying to inflame the arguments. Yeah, they just want the hashtag trending. Yeah. More clicks. So the trolls posed as real serious users and used false equivalency to undermine the general public's views on vaccines evidence on whether or not this actually worked is unclear but if, if it is working it is likely to cripple american health in the future jesus i mean it's likely to cripple it now too we've seen in the past few years quite a few measles outbreaks in the u.s uh-huh. just look at coronavirus well yeah we, we have the same attitudes towards it that don't vaccinate yeah and like some people are really concerned and then other people are throwing covid parties right yeah smash you know mouth trying to basically get COVID so they can get over it. Mm -hmm. And this is largely due to anti-vaccination propaganda. But the problem is, is that COVID, you don't really get over it. They're starting to find out more and more. Well, my biggest, well, my, one of my biggest issues with that is people saying, um, well, if you're at high risk, just stay home. I'm like, excuse you. Mm -hmm. Some people, first of all, who are immunocompromised and, and super at risk kind of thing, still have to go to work. I'm very sorry. Um, also, a lot of them have family members that still have to go to work. And what are they going to do? They're going to come home to the immunocompromised per- mm-hmm. person. People are so selfish. People, people literally do not think about how mm-hmm. their actions affect those around them. And I cannot stand it. You can use a mask and still contract it. It's really for other people's sake that you use the mask. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of these uh, people who are like, ah, mask is mind control. Which, again, we covered in a different episode. Yes, we, we did. We also find control. Yes. Uh, Look it up. Episode 12. Okay. Episode 12. Uh, We covered this in greater detail. We also covered how uh, social media affected American politics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. So the Russian influence, though, is uh, really it's just trying to get people to talk about it. Which is creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. But also, I mean, it causes other people to bring a lot of uh, attention to it as well. Like, there's an entire Reddit r slash vax happened that basically makes fun of the whole anti-vaxxing thing Mm -hmm. but that could just be what they want because the more you have that yeah the more you have that you the more you have people wanting to look into this Mm -hmm. now uh 
so there's plenty of misinformation being spread as well. But something that is actually pretty good, in my opinion, uh, and granted, it's not necessarily freedom of speech, but social media sites are actually private companies. So we've seen our social media sites become more vigilant about fighting misinformation, mm-hmm. partially as a result of previous Russian interference, because they didn't just interfere on Twitter. They also interfered on Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't just, you know, this anti-vaccination thing this was uh in the 2016 election i remember getting an email because i was big on tumblr at that point and they uh they sent us all an email going in depth about the russian chaos agents i love that (laughs) that's what they labeled them (laughs) and that was pretty uh remarkable but yeah so they they've been more vigilant about this which is fantastic i guess where i really want to leave this is always be cautious about where your information is coming from Mm -hmm. not facebook hopefully yeah if, if oh my god the <laughs> amount of people who just share smart people who just share articles before they actually read them is shocking to me oh yeah like they just read the headline and they share it mm-hmm. and the funny thing is is like the headline is so misleading oh yeah half the time it directly goes against their point yeah it's bizarre oh <laughs> uh, it kills me uh any any final words from josh vaccinate your kids vaccinate wear your, your masks don't be stupid. I'm a scientist. You can trust me. <laughs> he is actually a scientist. I am actually a scientist. I have a degree in everything. Mm-hmm. I'm a paleontologist. I'm not a paleontologist. <laughs> I wish I were a paleontologist. I was just thinking of the song. That'd be a lot easier than But all I know about is germs and stuff. Uh, likewise to what Josh said, wear your mask. Don't be stupid. Don't be a jerk. Don't believe stupid papers that have been redacted and voided. Um, and people love their God, take things for. seriously. Take things seriously. Yes. Don't be stupid. Check your sources and get off sh- Facebook. Yeah. Get off Facebook. <laughs> get um, off Facebook once in a while. Read a book. <sighs> um, if you agree with us, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding this whole thing, um, please feel free to email us at matter than a caterpillar gmail.com. Or you can uh, catch us uh, catch up with us on uh, Instagram at matter than a caterpillar. Or, you know, you can tweet at us or slide into our DMs on Twitter at Matter Than a Cat. And make sure to, you know, like and review and rate and all that jazz on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Because it really helps us out. And yeah, analytics are a thing. Hooray. Um, make sure you check out our next episode, which is coming out actually early. It's coming out on Thursday this week, um, where our first ever guest episode, where Josh is going to talk about something Ooh, very interesting. Josh cast. A Josh cast. Ooh bonus episode it's actually really fun it's all about shrek Shrek. no it's not actually but there's a lot of shrek in it so if you like (laughs) shrek tune in um it's it's really fun it's a lot more upbeat than this one so much more fun and upbeat a lot of me screaming and a lot of Uh, weirdness a whole lot of green and with that (laughs) and with that as always tell your mom tell your dad tell your friends tell the fbi agent listening through your phone and tell the russian chaos agent who's spreading misinformation throughout your closet Stop. Is that what I know. Uh, yeah.